Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and we are happy to be back with Dr. Kell. Um, now, before we go into our topic, which is sleep today, we're going to do the quote of the day. So welcome, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. How you doing? Okay. Doing well, doing well. Um, okay, so the quote of the day is, early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise by Benjamin Franklin. Um, Has it worked for you, Nikki? Well, I do notice I am a lot more productive when I go to bed early. And I've kind of been struggling with this a little bit because I am my kid's alarm clock, which is a bad habit, I know, as a mom. But um, I'm the one who wakes them. And I also can't really go to bed until they go to bed. So I find myself burning the candle at both ends. Like if Kelsey's up doing homework until 12 o'clock or 1230, she's a junior. And then Breezy has volleyball practice. She's a freshman at like 6 a.m. So then I'm going to bed at like, you know, 12:15 and waking up at 5:20 to get breezy up. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going crazy." I feel like I'm going crazy some days when I do that. I can relate to that. Although my kids are all grown and only have one at home now. Um and he's 16, so it's a, it's a little easier, but um uh <laughs> I I got to say, you know, since we started these podcasts a few months ago and I changed up my diet significantly and I also changed my sleep pattern so I'd try to get to bed by 9 30 10 the latest um and I find that I sleep much better when I go to bed a little earlier wake up much more rested and 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 so I think ben Benjamin Franklin was correct wow that would feel so amazing I remember like when I was in high school going to bed at like 9 30 10 o'clock like every night like I would just fall asleep I think when I would exercise so much, I would just like have to sleep. Like my body would just be done by the end of the day for some reason. I don't know about you when you're exercising. Do you notice that? Well, yes. And we are going to talk about uh, in these podcasts on sleep. Uh, uh, the first one we're going to do is uh, uh, sleep and nutrition and how your nutrition can affect your sleep. And then the following one will be on sleep and exercise. Then we'll cover uh, sleep and our emotional state, as well as uh, the fourth one will be on sleep and how the environment affects our sleep. Such a big thing in the environment today. And <laughs> uh, uh, global warming and all those things, you wouldn't think maybe necessarily that those things affect your sleep, but they can. Um, so wow. we'll go through those different um uh, topics uh throughout the next four, next four podcasts that's so interesting i'm looking forward to that um i wanted to discuss too dr kell i moved across the country yes you did you you left southern california nikki along with oh. thousands that are fleeing the state uh because of uh well everybody has a reason right but um yeah. <laughs> you know it seems like uh, you went to where'd you go we went to Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Do you, and, and you've lived there before, correct? Yes. This is our yeah. third time moving to Georgia, which is crazy. Same location each time. Well, you We're must in love pool. it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very outdoorsy. It's very, it's like living in the forest, I always say, versus like San Diego was like living at the beach, you know? Yeah. Um, totally different. Totally different from where I grew up, too. I'm from Montana, and I grew up in the plains, and it was like you could see you know, in the distance for miles and miles. And here, like, you can't even see around the corner because there's just trees everywhere. It's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, great air quality outside because it's just so many trees and greenery. It's very green here. Beautiful, so Beautiful, I'm sure, especially throughout the spring, uh, summer, and fall. Yeah. Um, the, I've actually come outside a couple times 
two this week, three times to go for a walk. And it's been so refreshing. I haven't done that in the past, which is, I know that's bad. I should be out there walking more, but it just, it's like really sunny right now. And it just feels so good to get out there in the sunshine. And yeah, it's been really nice. Very nice. And that's uh, um, one of the things we'll talk about too, uh, associated with uh, sleep and exercise. So um, they, uh, one of the things uh, I usually do a, uh, intro uh, uh, article, uh, but art- today, uh, instead of doing an article, I'm going to just read some statistics about sleep before we go into sleep and nutrition. Okay. You ready for that? I am ready. I'm actually looking forward to it. Oh, good. Good. Well, I want to start out just so people understand how much sleep should someone get? Um, a lot of people are unsure and they hear different statistics and and I've done a lot of research on this, and there are varying bits of information, but but this appears to be somewhat a pretty good standard. Um, the, uh, an adult should have somewhere between at least seven to nine hours of sleep a day to to uh, for good health, and and that's what these numbers are. How 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 much sleep should you get based on your age, and how does that uh, what what's the optimum for best health? So adult seven to nine hours. Uh, ages 13 to, to 18, 8 to 10 hours a day, uh, 6 to 12 years old, 9 to 12 hours a day, uh, ch- oh. children 3 to 5 years old, 10 to 13 hours a day, uh, and, and this includes obviously when you're, you get small kids that they're doing naps, and then when you get old, uh, to be mm-hmm. my age, I've actually read articles where they say after you hit 50, you should have a, a 15 to a half hour nap sometime, uh, during, during the day, uh. I have not mm. followed that and, and not sure if you're getting proper sleep at night. I don't think you really need it, but th- th- there is some research out there too that gives you a little encouragement to do that if you have the time. I don't know where I'd find the time, but um, yeah. I find that if I go to bed, you know, by 9, 30, 10 and get up at 6, um, I'm doing pretty good. So yeah. uh, child 1 to 2 years old, 11 to 14 hours a day. Uh, and an infant, four to twelve months old, or, or I guess newborn to to twelve months, is twelve to sixteen hours a day. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of mothers out there are going, boy, I wish my baby would sleep sixteen hours a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, uh, I know I've got some grandkids, and and uh, though I think they sleep a lot, you know, my, mine are ranging from a recent newborn to uh, all the way up into their teens, but. Uh, um, they cover the ranges and, and, uh, um, <clears throat> when they're visiting and staying over, I, I know there's times where you're like, okay, time for a nap. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it doesn't always happen when you want it to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, so that's a little statistic there. I wanted to read, uh, this one article, uh, which, uh, um, gives us some more insight as to what's really happening in America with sleep. It says okay. the odds of being sleep deprived less than six hours a night for adults has increased significantly significantly over the past 30 years as the lines between work and home have become blurred and digital technology has firmly become part of our lifestyles national data shows that poor sleep health is a common problem with 25 percent of u.s adults reporting insufficient sleep or rest at least 15 out of 30 days a month The National Institute of Health predicts that America's sleep debt is on the rise and that by the middle of the 21st century, more than 100 million Americans will have difficulty falling asleep. More than 50 million Americans already suffer from over 80 different sleep disorders. 
and another 20 to 30 million suffer intermittent sleep problems each year. At least 25 million Americans, one in five adults, suffer from sleep apnea, a serious sleep and breathing condition linked to hypertension, cognitive impairment, heart disease, and stroke. Chronic insomnia affects at least 10% of Americans. Restless leg syndrome, a neurological disorder, affects about 5% of the population over age 65. Sleep disorders affect members of every race, socioeconomic class, and age group. Despite the high prevalence of sleep disorders, the overwhelming majority of sufferers remain undiagnosed and untreated, creating unnecessary public health and safety problems as well as increased health care expenses. National surveys show that more than 60% of adults have never been asked about the quality of their sleep by a physician, and fewer than 20% have ever initiated such discussions. Drowsy driving may be a factor in 20% of all serious motor vehicle crash injuries. A large uh, naturalistic study of 100 drivers and nearly 2 million miles of driving identified sleepiness as, as factor in 22% of crashes and 16% of near crashes. The impact on American life and economy is enormous as sleep deprivation and untreated sleep disorders are estimated to cost over $100 billion annually in lost productivity, medical expenses, sick leave, property, and environmental damage. Interesting stuff, Nikki. Yeah, there was a couple of things I connected with, but I was going to ask you, have you had any issues with sleep in the past? Uh, from time to time, yes. Overall, I'd say throughout my life, uh, sleep has not been an issue. Uh, uh, in fact, my wife complains about that a bit from time to time because most of the time I hit the pillow and within 30 seconds to a minute, I'm out. And, uh, <laughs> uh, um, and you know, if, if there are times when I, and she says I snore intermittently, um, some nights, uh, she knows, in fact, she wears earplugs to bed. Um, <laughs> 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 But, uh, um, yeah, if I get to sleep before she does, and, and it's one of those nights where I do snore a little, um, and then she even has a heart attack. But it's probably more her that has sleep issues than, than me. But once in a while, I notice lately, um, you know, life has been a little more stressful for me, as you can relate to with your move. We haven't moved, but we've had a lot of changes in, changes in our lives, too, in the last few months. COVID adding to that, along with all the other crazy things going on in the world. Um, I've noticed I get to sleep still fine, but I'll wake up like three, four o'clock in the morning and then sometimes I'll, I'll not, uh, usually I can go to sleep fairly quickly, but sometimes I'll lay there and toss and turn for a while. And so huh. I've been doing some different things to affect that in the last few nights. I've been just fine. So, and we'll talk about what those things are. Uh, any oh. questions or comments about what I just read other than that? You talked about drowsy driving. I noticed on, um, there's like a movement on the production people for acting like on the sets the people that do the lighting and the um yes mention that act mention that nikki what, what what do you have to do with that um oh i just i've been reading on some of my fellow actors and people that work on sets they um work super long hours and so they're really pushing for you know a better quality of life not having to work such long hours, 14, 16 hour days. And then a lot of them get into accidents, unfortunately, because they are so tired when they leave set and then they're expected to be back on set early in the morning. Whereas, you know, the actors only have to be there, I don't know for how many hours a day, but it's less because the people who are 
you know, working on the set have to be there earlier. People that are doing the food, you know, or things like that have to be there earlier and they have to stay to clean up after. And so they work these super long hours. And um, a lot of times they'll have to work on the weekend too, which is horrible. Um, so they're really pushing for, you know, like a normal lifestyle, which has not been the case in the past. Um, just because so many people have gotten into accidents. Like I've looked at posts and there were so many different cars that were, you know, um, totaled because of the accidents. So the drowsy driving just, it just reminded me of that. That's really, um, a topic right now. Well, yeah. And the, the, uh, you know, over the years when I was younger, I used to drive a lot of miles. I could, I could get in the car and drive for, I think the longest I ever went, I went 24 hours, uh, with short breaks, um, driving, uh, and was able to do that when I'm younger. Now I get drowsy. Um, but as that article mentioned, 20, roughly 22% of Americans uh, experience uh, sleepiness while driving. Uh, I think the statistic is actually higher. It seems like just about anybody I talk to says, oh, yeah, there's times when I get drowsy when I'm, when I'm driving. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I used to do when I was younger and, and uh, didn't care as much about what I was eating is I would always think, oh, the caffeine will help. And I never really cared for coffee, so I'd drink soda. And so I was getting a double whammy with, with the sugar as well as the caffeine. And I found that for a time, for a short time, I would wake up. But within an hour or so, I would be more sleepy. And uh, it, as I've gotten, I would say when I was in my 30s, 40s, um, and as, as I've gotten older, if I go on a long drive, I can usually drive for several hours during the day. If it's dark out, though, I... Uh, though I prefer to drive at night just because less cars on the road. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I will doze and I've come close to crashing many times mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I did discover, and this is a sideline to what we're talking about with nutrition. Um, <clears throat> I discovered, and, and it's interesting because it, it'll contradict some of the information we've, we're going to talk about here related to nutrition. But I found that if I uh, would drink protein drinks while I'm driving, it wakes me up. And, and I don't need the any caffeine or or, uh, um, or and and of course you don't have the sugar high and low, um, but I'll uh, but even even with that if I get if I I kind of now recognize the signals where uh, before I start dozing or or if I do kind of like blink a little bit and go oh yeah okay mm. it's it's a little too much I pull pull over and take a fifteen twenty minute uh, uh, nap. And and I can wake up and I'm good to go for several hours again. So that's what works wow. for me. Um, just that little nap seems to make the difference. Okay. Yeah. I like that. All right. So we're segueing into sleep and nutrition. Sleep and nutrition. Yes. The, uh, okay. um, let's see. Um, so what we're talking about here and what... People need to know what. What do you do? Have you noticed anything, Nikki, that you eat uh, that affects how you uh, sleep? Have you ever? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Mention if that, I have, and then we'll get into more more of the information. If I have too much dark chocolate, I will be really tired at night, but my mind will be racing, and I won't be able to fall asleep for hours. Well, and that makes sense with the information we're going to talk about because you've got. A couple of things in chocolate that uh, one there's there's uh, sugar in chocolate, uh, so the sugar you, you get a sugar low with that, but you got the caffeine in there too, so you feel tired, but you're more awake. 
your, your, mm-hmm. brain, your brain is racing, but your body's tired. And, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I've heard many other people talk about that. I, I personally, I'm, you know, we've mentioned it before, but I'm, I'm a, uh, uh, hypnotherapist as well. And I do hypnotherapy, uh, uh, for sleep, um, and found it very effective, mm-hmm. uh, even do uh, online or on phone sessions with people. What I do is create the uh, uh, sleep sessions um, focused focused uh, with hypnosis and and make little uh, copies of the recordings so people can uh, use them at night uh, when they go down to go to bed. Um, but uh, the interesting thing about that, most of the time when people can't sleep, it's because their mind just won't go down. You know, you have different levels of brain function during sleep. Um, and uh, different brain waves. Uh, when you're awake, you have alpha and beta waves going on throughout the day, and and when you have those low lulls or slows in your brain, which usually happen mid-afternoon for a lot of people, uh, your brain will get into theta waves. Uh, when you're actually going to sleep, your brain goes down into delta one, two, and three, three being the lowest, and typically where you have what most people understand is REM sleep where you're in your dream state and where you have the most restful forms of sleep. Uh, so what we do is help that occur to slow your brain down uh, and get into that delta transition from theta to delta. Um, but doing that is a chemical process in the brain and in the body. Uh, and certain things you eat uh, can trigger uh levels of, of uh, brainwave patterns. So you just mentioned uh, chocolate. Chocolate's not a good one you want to eat before bed. And, and I tell people, if they're having sleeping issues, that uh, uh, you want to, your, your diet is significant or the amount of food, you know, you, you can look at it on a global perspective. For, for instance, mm-hmm. a person who lives on carbohydrates and fats and very little protein, you'll find many of those people have sleeping problems. Uh, not everybody. I mean, sometimes, you know, we're genetically the same uh, uh, on a global level, but our genetics also affect us. Uh, it's like uh, uh, living a long time or smokers that smoke forever and never get cancer or those that, you know, some people are, you know, at a young age get cancer and they haven't really. Mm-hmm. So diet, diet affects you in different ways. Uh, can affect you globally, can, can affect you... Uh, uh, right before you go to bed. So uh, for most people, it's it's the what do you do within an hour to two hours before you go to bed that really makes a difference in how you sleep. Um, the rest of it, obesity tends to be an issue for people, uh, a lot of people that tend to be overweight. And, 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 and I would say more than 20 to 30, 40 pounds over what is considered uh, normal for their height and uh, body frame size tend to have more problems sleeping than, than those that don't um, or, or are more fit. Uh, so um, some of the things that I tell people they need to stay away from and the studies show are, are eating simple sugars uh, within a couple hours of going to bed, having a lot of you know uh, processed foods or, or eating uh, um, you know junk food uh, tend, tend mm-hmm. to affect that sleep. Um, have you noticed anything else that you do that, that affects how you, what you eat or sleep? I know um, a lot of people use drink alcohol uh, thinking it will help their sleep, but 
the reality of it is alcohol, depending on the amount you drink, can help you relax um, and get some sleep, but uh, tends to, studies show that once that effect wears off, you tend to wake up. Um, mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, I mean, yeah, if I eat too close to bed, then I have to wake up to use the bathroom and I feel like my body's digesting and I don't sleep as well throughout the night. Yes. Um, go ahead. A lot of times if that's like a fatty thing, like a burger or ice cream or something like that, I, I will notice that. Like I just didn't sleep quite as well. Yes. Fats, fats are a big, big one. So basically, um, you know, the American diet is just full of that. It's, it's far more fat and carbohydrates than it is protein. And uh, um, those two things, uh, when eaten in any significance within a couple hours of going to bed, tend to keep people from sleeping. Um, there's bound to be somebody out there who, who, who says, that's exactly the way I eat, I have no problem sleeping. Well, you know, you're the exception. And, mm -hmm. and so, as a rule, um, if you're pro having a problem sleeping, those are the kinds of things you need to consider. Uh, are you eating the right foods throughout the day uh, and especially right before you go to bed? I recommend that if uh, there's different things you can do before sleep, uh, things you should and shouldn't eat. Uh, if, we, if we look at the more the science or the physical effects of the body before sleep, uh, a lot of people take melatonin before they go to bed because uh, some studies have shown that you know, your brain, as it gets dark outside your body and your brain, you get more melatonin created. And and that is a relaxing, uh, has a relaxing effect on the body. And so uh, naturally you, your body produces the melatonin once it gets dark. And uh, adding melatonin may help some people get to sleep. It's, I, I would say I, I get varying results with having people take melatonin. Uh, some claim it works great for them. I would say the majority don't find it beneficial. So, mm. so it's one of those things to to try if, if you've tried everything else, I suppose. Um, but other things to consider is the stress throughout the day. Stress is a big one, and we're going to talk about that on the on the third podcast. When we get into emotional things. We'll we'll get deeper into stress and why stress affects your sleep. Um, mm. But if we look at foods here. Um, we already talked about what to avoid. Uh, let's talk about what to eat. Um, uh, there are different and varying studies saying that uh, I found studies that say don't eat protein. Protein will wake you up. And we talked about that with driving um, and, and drinking the protein drinks help wake me up. Well, um, one of the things a protein drink typically doesn't have in it is tryptophan. But there are uh, different foods. Tryptophan is something that it's an amino acid that does help us relax and can make us slip, sleepy. Um, I recall, uh, you know, when I was younger and, and as I was going through uh, uh, school um, that uh, heard more about tryptophan and how, you know, you remember Thanksgiving, Christmas after eating a big meal, <laughs> you, you, you feel real tired. Well, a lot of people feel mm -hmm. tired after a big meal, but it's the, it's the turkey that has tryptophan in it that, uh, that actually is relaxing you and helping you go to sleep. Um, and the different foods that you can find tryptophan in, and, and most of those are protein foods. Uh, so eating the right mm -hmm. kinds of proteins with tryptophan in them actually helps you sleep. Um, other kinds of protein uh, without the tryptophan actually help wake you up. So 
the things that are common uh, with tryptophan in them are chicken, eggs, turkey, fish, uh, dairy products like milk and cheese and yogurt. Um, so those things, uh, they actually not only help uh, relax you, help you go to sleep, but uh, um, can also show or have been shown to help reduce depression. Uh, mm. So those are important health issues. Uh, uh, that uh, it's often a common thing, and we'll go into that in more detail later. Uh, the depression, stress, depression, and depression both seriously can affect your ability to sleep. Um, let's see. Um, any comments about turkey? About turkey? Yeah, I love turkey. <laughs> I buy an extra one, and uh, you know we do turkey sandwiches and everything like that. So it lasts a week or two. But yeah, I love it. I think it's turkey sandwiches too um it tastes good i feel like it fills you up and yeah 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 the uh, <laughs> um so any of those foods i just mentioned have tryptophan um turkey is loaded with it um and not something we always consume it just seems to be a common thing at, at holidays um but you can buy it uh, year-round of course um the other question might be how much should i eat um and how long before bed uh, your digestion um, actually tends to slow down some um, when you fall asleep completely. Say your digestion slows down by up to 50% once you fall asleep. Uh, getting to sleep, however, I think another issue that tends to help with your sleep is that you, you require a lot more blood going into your in and around your stomach uh, as you digest food. Uh, so I think that in and of itself may have a relaxing effect on the brain. Um, so you don't want to eat a big meal, um, but I would say um, having an egg, uh, having a small piece of fish or a few slices, you know, a couple of slices of turkey, um, uh, or, you know, drinking a glass of milk. Milk has calcium in it. Calcium is another one that relaxes the body and helps uh, enable people to fall asleep better. Uh, something that I have done for years is, is drink a uh, small glass of milk before I go to bed. Um, hmm. and, and, and so you've got both the tryptophan and the calcium. Uh, so there are also, uh, believe it or not, uh, fruit, certain types of fruit juices. Uh, I typically wouldn't recommend someone drink fruit juice before bed because there's a lot of sugar in it. However, um, there's a study that says drinking tart, again, tart cherry juice, um, and, uh, so that's not a one that's had any sugar added and it's a tart would mean more sour, right? Um, mm -hmm. has been found to reduce the severity of insomnia and help people fall asleep faster. Research suggests that several types of cherries contain high amounts of melatonin, a sleep promoting hormone. So, uh, uh again, uh, we, we, that's a match natural way to get the melatonin, which I would suggest is more, um, beneficial and better absorbed by the body to get in a natural way than to take a pill where it's the melatonin has been either removed from a given sort or or created in a lab um, the body mm -hmm. as we've discussed in the past related to nutrition is often uh, seems to function better when you combine all the nutrients you know the medical community is great at pulling out one or two things out of a food or or plant and creating a medicine from it, but they lose out about lose out on the complete benefit of of those foods because 
as far as I'm concerned, God put it all together to work together to be more healthy for you. Uh, another one, kiwi. Kiwi is another fruit that may promote sleep. Research has found that consuming a few kiwis an hour or two before bed may help people fall asleep faster, wake up less often during sleep, and stay asleep longer. While the exact reason for this relationship is still unclear, kiwis may promote sleep through their high concentration of antioxidants and folate. So, uh, another one to consider. Uh, the uh, other things that can keep you, let's talk a little bit more about things that can keep you from sleeping. Um, we mentioned alcohol, uh, carbohydrates, fats, uh, caffeine. Caffeine, we know, <laughs> wakes us all up, and we did briefly t talk about caffeine. But uh, last thing you want to do at night is drink a cup of coffee, um, at least within a couple hours of going to bed, because uh, the caffeine alone will keep you awake. Another one, spicy foods. <clears throat> Spicy foods tend to have an ill effect on, on sleep unless you're uh, someone who has been raised on them and eats them all the time. Uh, they can upset your stomach, cause heartburn, um, and generally they're harder to digest. Uh, so that can be a, an effect as well. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Any questions about anything we talked we about, Nikki? So the things that keep you from sleeping, you said caffeine, alcohol, spicy foods. Was it fats? The other fat, one? Fat and carbohydrate and, and simple carbohydrates. Um, fats. Um, you know, there's varying effects. A lot of people doing the keto diets and the and the and the low carb diets. Um, what's the difference in those two? The keto diets tend to be a lot higher in fat than they do protein, whereas you got the uh, protein diets like you know um, Atkins was a big one years ago and, and they're all based on uh, all these diets began with uh, them creating diets years and years and years ago for the diabetics before they had drugs and medication for to help diabetics they uh, um, they were putting them on on low carbohydrate diets uh, which was easier for their body to uh, you know they didn't have all the sugars for their pancreas to to mm. uh, produce insulin for so they tend to be able to survive better on the low carb diets and they discovered that they lose weight that way and and so then you have the creation of all these other diets today and anyway um bearing effects from what i've read of um, people doing the keto diets and sleep uh the uh, higher protein diets can again what we've we've found is it depends on the kind of protein you're having before bed um the uh, uh I wouldn't suggest drinking a protein drink right before bed. Um, now, if you've got milk intermixed with it, you know, mm -hmm. falling asleep or getting to sleep, uh, we different mention we've got varying ways of sleeping here, right? Uh, from uh, uh, what are the problems you're having? Are, are you having a problem getting to sleep? Are you having a problem waking up during the night? Um, and then being able to go back to sleep or not being able to go back to sleep or the person who just wakes up and they're just awake. Uh, and they're two, three hours away from the time they really want to go to sleep. Um, so what do you do? Maybe we can talk for a minute about, uh, and if you tell, you can tell me, Nikki, what you've done, and I can tell you what I've done. Because uh, I'd say throughout my life, and many people could say the same things, where they've had periods of, of all those problems. Um, can you think of anything? You know, you talked about uh, chocolate and not get having a harder time getting to sleep. Um have you ever had times where you, you're fine getting to sleep, but you maybe you wake up intermittently throughout the night? Yes. When I had that was when I 
had breast implants and I was ill from them. And I was also living in a crawl space home that had a moisture issue, so mold, um, in the HVAC unit. And I would wake up like every couple hours to use the bathroom. And it was like my body's way of like eliminating the toxins, I guess. Is that, does that sound right, Dr. Kell? Sure. Yes. Just constant, just waking up two, three, four times a night. Like you talk about waking up not feeling refreshed. I mean, it was like I never really got into a deep sleep for months at a time. Well, and and um, many people may not understand that, you know, what is the purpose of, of us sleeping? It'd be so nice if we never had to sleep. Um, we could just go on and on and on and our body didn't need to sleep. But, uh, you know, the, the makeup of our system is that while we sleep, our body heals. Um, all, our depletion of nutrients... Um, the body takes and feeds them to different parts of the body, to our organs, to our brain, to, to all the cells throughout the body. Uh, that's when our body heals, recovers, and, and revives during sleep. And, and if we're not getting that sleep, we can't do it. It also expels its toxins. So the cells uh, expel their toxins, anything that's toxic in there, the inflammatory process, which is part of the process of expelling toxins. Um, if, if you're eating really poorly, that's part of the problem why you can't get to sleep, your body's not able to kick it, your inflammatory process is in overdrive. Uh, and, and, and for some reason, uh, when it's, it's on, running on high, you can't seem to get that to that point where your brain will slow down and get into that, those levels of delta sleep that you need. And so your body was detoxifying, even though it needed the sleep to fully detoxify, there was so much inflammation going on in your system it 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 had has to calm down some for your brain to calm down, and it just wasn't happening. Um, so how did how did eventually that seem to improve? Um, I had to get the breast implants out, and then I had to move into a different home that didn't have a crawl space. I had to move into a slab home with no basement, no crawl space, um, just so there was less moisture issues. That was here in Atlanta too, which is a really humid climate. So it's quite common. There are tons of crawl space homes around here. And I guess not everybody's affected like I was. Some people can, like you said, detoxify out the, the mold. Right. Yeah. It's like anything else with those things. Some some of us are hypersensitive to certain things um, and others are not. Some can withstand uh, all kinds of trauma to their body and just recover quickly and, and others can't. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why oftentimes you get this, uh, how many times do people have stories where they went to their medical doctor and did all these tests, spent thousands, even tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, trying to figure out what their problem was. And the doctor in the end goes, we don't know what's wrong with you. I think it's all in your head. It's emotional. <laughs> they, uh, um, when in reality, some of these things lie at a subclinical level where the tests are not accurate enough to, to really give you any straight answers. However, you knew um, what that you were having those issues unlike maybe some of those who don't, but it's not uncommon for people even with those kinds of issues to first go to their doctor and, and them not pick up on those things initially. So if you're out there and you're having issues sleep with sleep, I mean, you can try the simple things that we've talked about to improve, but you also look need to look at the big picture and look at your life, look at your health. Um, things like implants can put toxic levels of chemicals into your system. Mm -hmm. um, mold uh, can be a big issue. Uh, 
And like you said, you had the basements and you're living in a human climate. It's very common. Uh, radon is another issue uh, with basements, and that's that's radiation or radiation coming from uh, uh, that exists within the dirt. Um, uranium, small small pieces and bits of uranium and other uh, actually cause the release of ra radon gas into uh, into basements, and and that's why in many parts of the country. They have radon uh, testers to test for that. That's another thing that can affect you. Mm -hmm. So, so you don't, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're talking more about the simple things, but you need to look at your uh, consider all the all the larger possibilities as well in your life. Um, and we're going to get into that more. Um, the uh, as, as we talk about the other effects of stress and. and and emotional issues, environmental issues. We'll talk more about the radon and and and, and mold and all that in, in when we get to the environmental things. Um, but uh, right now, I think we've kind of covered the nutritional aspect of it. Uh, if you had, unless you had any more questions about it, Nikki, I think we can move to to uh, end our discussion. We lost you. I, I don't know what happened. That call failed. No problem. They, uh, you know, we'll get that edited out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the first edit. <laughs> yes. They, uh, um, so um, go ahead, I guess, from there and, and just, uh, I think I kind so of ended there and then you, you add whatever comments and all that and close. Okay. I was going to do a little wrap up of all the points that you did. Is sounds that okay good. if I do? Yeah, sounds okay. good. All right, so that was a great um, session on nutrition and sleep. I didn't realize that you could actually target the foods that you eat to help you sleep. So what I took away from it, Dr. Kell, was that you can eat proteins with tryptophan, such as chicken, eggs, turkey. Calcium is really important for relaxing the body and helps you fall asleep. Milk, cheese, yogurt, tart cherry juice, which is I did not know, has high amounts of melatonin, as well as kiwi, has antioxidants and folate in them. And the things to stay away from, caffeine, which is kind of obvious, but still sometimes it's hard to avoid the chocolate for us chocolate lovers. Um, alcohol is often, you know, consumed at nighttime, may affect your sleep. Spicy foods, fat and simple carbs. Those are a lot of things that you crave at night, funny, because like you're so tired that you just kind of are like a zombie at, in, during those late hours at night sometimes, and you just kind of go for the simple carbs and the fats. I find I do that sometimes when I'm staying up when I'm actually tired and should just be going to sleep. So great lesson on nutrition and sleep. It really makes sense. Thanks, Dr. Kell. Thank you, Nikki. Look forward to our next, next podcast on exercise and sleep. Oh, me too. Me too, definitely. Okay, I'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.